Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now you can use promo code DNVR at sign up to get some special offers like how to turn $5 in a $5 bet into $200 in free bets college hoops the entire month the entire march madness tournament i'm your host patrick lyons and joining me today as he does every week he is the voice of the colorado rockies on at&t sportsnet the host of the drew goodman podcast it's drew goodman what's going on buddy uh not much how are you pretty good it's been uh feels like it's been a while since we've talked the last like official conversation we had on the show was really when we got baseball back from the lockout we talked to each other briefly last week, but lo and behold, some bigger news broke. Uh, that being the signing of Chris Bryant to a seven-year, $182 million deal. We haven't talked since then? No. Really? We we talked right as it happened. We we got finished recording. Oh, that's we right. Having- that's right. Because I was down in Florida, and, and I, I told you that uh, – you know that it, that it was happening and um that's right that's we right. had all kinds of technical difficulties and we were able to square we were able to squirrel away a, an hour's worth of conversation right and then it ended with uh, i was about to get ready for my sign off and you go oh uh i'm, I'm getting something alert on my phone rocky signed chris bryant and i said all right well wow. this this uh, conversation is never going to see the light of day <laughs> right. um you know exciting uh, you know, yeah. I, I know much has been spoken about it and written about it. I've listened to a number of your shows over the last uh, week or so. He really wanted to be here. I, I keep coming back to that. I mentioned it on television yesterday. Um, he's going to be actually on my podcast uh, that launches next Thursday. I already taped an interview, a, a fairly lengthy interview with him. He's uh, he's an upbeat guy. He's a very humble guy based on everything he's accomplished in the game and in life. He was a great student in high school. And um, so he did really want to be here. And, and it stands in contrast to the rhetoric and, and the situation with two big Rocky stars, Nolan most prominently, and, and even Trevor, because the Rockies tried to keep Trevor. Uh, I, I know that uh, has been reported accurately in some places, but not in others. Uh, the Rockies did make a significant run on a, on several occasions at Trevor, and he basically wanted to to move on. And here's a guy, Chris Bryan, who's a big time star, who wanted to be in Denver. And uh, I, I think fans can wrap their arms around that. They needed some good news. They need a lot of good news. We understand that, but but this was this was a big deal. No, there's there's plenty of good news that that we can talk about with this roster. And yeah, as you're saying with Nolan and Trevor, it's it's interesting. They are these dominoes that fell, and once everything fell apart with Nolan, Trevor was very close to that situation, obviously. And despite the offers that the Rockies made to him, too close to say, you know what, I I, I want to you know stay here. And he maybe he saw too much. Whereas you got Ryan McMahon, who's right after that, right next to Trevor Story. He saw some of it too from his own perspective. 
was a little bit further away and he decides he wants to stick around for that six year, $70 million deal. So it's interesting, these different perspectives so close and yet, you know, you have different outcomes with it. It's, it's very interesting. Well, I think we all appreciate in life when people are their own person, right? They're not influenced even by somebody they're close with. And I had Ryan McMahon on this week. And one of the things I, I, that you heard Matt say is, listen, I love, uh, I'm paraphrasing now. He said, I love Trevor. I love Nolan. They're good friends of mine. They've been mentors of mine in the game. And he went on to say, but I'm my own guy. And I'm going to assess my situation and the team situation from my perspective and what I believe and not be influenced by somebody else's interpretation. And so good for Ryan McMahon, uh, good for Chris Bryant, and hopefully good for Rockies fans because they're, you know, not saying, oh, man, we're, we just lost two big names and, and we're just going to go status quo. They're, they're trying to get better. They're trying to address uh, needs, which we know uh, many of their needs are on the offensive side of the ball. It's not to say they don't need help, you know, in the bullpen, don't need, you know, greater depth uh, in the rotation, but they've tried to uh, do some things there as well. So, you know, even the most cynical Rockies fan, I think has to, you know, say, okay, they're, they're making an effort and maybe it's not the doom and gloom that's being portrayed based on Trevor leaving town and Nolan's acrimonious relationship, most specifically with Jeff Breidich, that, you know, Ryan McMahon's been here. He wanted to stay. Chris Bryant could have gone a lot of places and he wanted to be a, a Rocky. And, and there's a lot of factors in, into where someone goes, but it's not all tied up to the very last dollar. I mean, there's a geographic component, certainly for Chris Bryant, but he, Chris Bryant, listen, we know what kind of great town Denver is. But if the Rockies were the, the Baltimore Orioles right now, I don't think Chris Bryant would put geography over, you know, team performance just because they offered him a nice contract. I, I think he had to have a combination of factors and one that he believes that this team can compete and will be able to compete moving forward. With McMahon gets paid nicely with the $70 million deal. And you say, well, sometimes money can do a lot of talking and can convince someone. But remember, he's only 18 months away. And I, obviously, I know you know this, Goody, 18 months away from free agency. So, you know, hey, once you are untethered, once you are out there, you never know who can blow the doors off and give you even more money than that. So it really speaks to wanting to stay in Colorado and, and seeing what Bill Schmidt is doing now under his regime, not only bringing in Chris Bryant, but the the smaller acquisitions too, which you know we'll we'll eventually get to with Jose Iglesias, Alex Colome, and even the trades too. Most recently with the Raimel Tapia one, so it's it's been an exciting off season to say the least. That was a baseball trade, also. Yeah, uh, the Raimel Tapia deal. I mean, I and I spoke about it probably a couple times, but most recently last week, I, I felt like this was going to come down. I didn't know who they were going to get. I didn't know it was going to be to Toronto for Randall Gritchick. But I knew that there was a market for Rymel. He has a skill set that has appeal to certain teams. He plays hard, all the, all the attributes we've seen. And it was a baseball trade. It wasn't a salary dump. It wasn't, uh, you know, a panic move of any kind. And um, so I, I applaud Billy Schmidt for making this deal because in return, the Rockies got a lot more thump. And we saw it on display yesterday in the game we called on AT&T. Gritchick hit a 450-foot home run. Now, the Rockies, for me, 
Patrick, have to hit minimum of 40, hopefully 50-plus more home runs than they hit a year ago. And you say, well, where's that going to come from? You just lost Trevor Story, who in a normal year is a 30-plus homer guy. And you replace him with a guy that's got a little bit of pop, you know, Iglesias, but you're still probably going to be minus 20 in homers there. If Story's healthy and Iglesias is healthy, you know, what does Trevor hit 32 and Iglesias hits 12? So, so you're, you're down 20 right there. Where do you make up for it? Well, Chris Bryant, uh, the combination of, of Hilliard and Gritchick, Brendan Rodgers, good health for six months, now a full-time big leaguer. He had 15 last year, 12 out on the road. And, and you start to go, okay, I can see where the Rockies really, um, again, given good health and performance, expected performance, you can see where they can increase that number significantly. And with the deeper bench, too, which you're going to squeeze out a few more runs based on the matchups. Well, with the Gritchuk trade and, and when Rymel Tapia, you know, like you said, straight up kind of baseball deal, little prospect, little cash on, on each side. So really works out to be a win-win situation. In Randall Gritchuk, Bill Schmidt checks off two boxes. He gets that second outfielder we've been talking about all offseason long. You got to get one. Two would really be great. He gets that. He also settles in nicely as the center fielder. We'll see if he ends up staying over there. The defensive numbers look really solid. So checks off two boxes there. And I have to imagine for you, Goody, this is a better trade than one that would have acquired the guy that I kept throwing out there, Kevin Kiermeyer. I'm sure you like Gritchick over Kiermeyer, right? Oh, we're going back to that one? <laughs> yeah, a, a lot more. And I, I mean, it's yeah. not to disparage. I do too. Well, it's not to disparage Kevin Kiermeyer. I always go back to this on outfield play. You need you need a good, obviously, you need some guys who can cover ground and center and left in particular at Coors Field, as we all know. Having said that, you have to hit the ball over the wall. The, the Rockies were, I think, what, 20, even playing at Coors Field, 22nd as an outfield in OPS plus last year. The, the metrics for their outfielders were, were not good. And now you're going to have a combination of Hilliard most days with Gritchick and maybe it's a right-left platoon, Bryant most days and left naturally, Charlie and Gritchick or Hilliard or Connor Joe in the outfield as well, uh, the odd man out DHing the majority of the time one would guess, and that would include work at first base as there's a number of those guys can play first base as well. Connor Joe's getting a lot of work there. Brian can go there. McMahon can go there if you put Brian at third. So you have defensive versatility, but there, there's more thump. There's more legitimate, man, the guy in the seventh or eighth hole can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah. Now there, there's a chance you could, I don't know if the Rockies can have nine players who hit 20 or more home runs, but you could have nine spots in the lineup that provides 20 or nine positions in the field when you mix and match whether or not, you know, you have a platoon, let's say in right field, if it's Hilliard and Joe, you know, combined that you could get 20 and especially out of the catcher spot between Diaz and Nunez. So it's, it's going to be somewhat of a return of the Blake street bombers in, in, well, in shape or form. And you're going to need that because it's an yeah. offense that has not been good the last few years. I mean, even go back to 2018 when they won 91 games and the cusp of finally winning a, a division, they, they weren't a great offense then. And it, and it also unfortunately reared its ugly head in the three game series against Milwaukee when they scored only two runs in, in three games. So they have to be better. And it's not just home runs. They have to get on base at a higher clip. 
Now, that's not typically Randall Gritchick. Gritchick, Gritchick is swinging early in the count. Uh, he, he's not going to work a lot of walks, but he's going to run into 20-plus, depending on the number of at-bats. And, and I think your, your point is a, a fair one in that if you went by position, I mean, last year behind the plate, uh, 10 home runs for Dom Nunez, 18 for Elias Diaz. That's 28 behind the plate. That's a great number. First base, 28 by himself with C.J. Crone. I think it's very reasonable to expect 20-plus at second base with Brendan Rodgers. Iglesias, probably not. Right, probably not. Uh, but, but I'll tell you what, Iglesias has pop. So it's not, you know, this is not, you know, Bud Harrelson, some light-hitting shortstop all-glove. I mean, he, he's going to probably, I would say, hit somewhere between 10 and 15 homers. Um and he doesn't need to. That's the other thing is yeah. that if you can get that kind of production out of the catcher spot, which the Rockies have been, and you know they extend, Bill Schmidt extends Elias Diaz for that three-year $14.5 million deal, which looks like a steal, especially compared to what the Angels had to give to Max Stasi, three years, 17 and a half mil. You say, wow, okay, you can go ahead and kind of punt offensively what you get in shortstop, even though it's still going to be pretty darn good from Iglesias. True. And and then we are the outfield we we alluded to where there's there's going to be thump in left center and in right and you know I know Buddy took a question yesterday excuse me at the start of uh, at one point during his his office presser and the question was isn't it reasonable to expect that Charlie Blackman bounces back and you know is a twenty plus home run guy you, you keep your fingers crossed Charlie's going to be thirty six in July. Uh, his preparation and the condition he's in his top shelf, as always, uh, he had only 13 last year. Now, he's going to play from the top of the order most days, going back to his roots in, at the big league level. Would it be nice to see him him move back around 20 home runs? Certainly. I don't, I don't think it's unfair to say the days of him hitting 30-plus are probably in the past, given his his age and and maybe you see a little bit of a decline in, in bat speed, but I never count a guy like that out just because of his preparation. So it'll be interesting. Is Charlie, you know, still a, has become a, you know, a, a tough out, but he's a 10 to 15 home run guy like he was last year, or is he able to kind of move back in that 20 home run range and still be, you know, a high quality hitter? We'll see. I think as long as he stays healthy, maybe, maybe one 10 day stint on the IL, let's say, uh, to be somewhat reasonable, I, I think 20 is definitely within the realm of possibility because, and I, I, would, I would, frankly, I'd bet on that because, you know, last year he got pitched around a decent amount. I mean, I know CJ Crone was hitting behind him, but I think a lot of teams preferred to hit, C, you know, pitch to CJ Crone and say, all right, your luck's got to end here at some point. And, you know, they were hurt by that, but Charlie, you know, they, they, he, he took his walks last year. Whereas now, if he's batting first and he's got Bryant hitting behind him or maybe Brendan Rodgers, he's going to get a lot more pitches to do damage on. And so I think 20 home runs definitely is uh, doable, maybe even 25 for Charlie. Things go right. I hope so. I, I, I hope so. And, you know, we, we've learned with so many athletes, and I guess Tom Brady is the poster boy for being able to perform at a high level at, at, at what is looked as at an advanced age athletically. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that a 35, 36-year-old hits 20-plus home runs. I mean, Nelson Cruz in his 40s, he still hits, you know, 30-plus home runs. Um, you know, Charlie's always been felt like more of a line drive hitter. His power is typically on the on the pull side. 
His average was 270 last year. You know, I'd like to see that raised from an on-base percentage. I'm sure Charlie would also. And maybe it will be, as you suggest, with some of the guys they have hitting behind him. And he's now back at the top of the lineup, which I think is uh, a spot that he favors uh, above all others. You can definitely rely on having a good time down at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York, especially if you're a member, because you know, for just 50 cents a month, and sign up to the dnvr.com to become a member. You get the member-sized beer. It's a little bit larger, a lot more bang for your buck. You get discounts on any of those Broncos tailgates or even the Nuggets party bus, which you probably saw pictures over the weekend and video from that. It was fantastic. PBO Tim Connolly ended up stopping by at the bar afterwards. It was it was a great time. It's why you always got to make sure you're coming down to the corner of Colfax and York to the DNVR bar. You get extra raffle tickets at all the watch parties. And now if you want the annual membership, you're ready to go locked and loaded on that. You actually get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. And when you get that member sized beer, make sure it's a Breckenridge brewery since it is the official beer of DNVR. We also have their good company hard seltzer with the 15 can sampler with black cherry, honeydew, you name it, it's delicious, supers, Costco, Safeway, pick it up anywhere. And the nice thing is they do donate some of their profits to the National Parks Conservation Association to help with prevention of forest fires. That's Breckenridge Brewery's Good Company Heart Seltzer. Well, as we talked about with the lineup, I was honestly a little bit surprised to see Charlie Blackman inserted there at the lineup. I like how it's been looking so far here early going in the spring. And it does. I do have to be curious that depending on the matchup and depending on, you know, whether or not Connor Joe can really insert himself into a lineup a little bit more, if we could see a couple different looks in the lineup this year from buddy, you know, whether that's Connor Joe leading off uh, on days when you want to slide Charlie back, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if you've given much thoughts on, on what your fantasy lineup might look like for the Rockies with all these new faces in town. I, I think you're onto something there. I think that, the old school approach of the fast guy, the super fast guy is going to lead off. Um, I think now it's going to be the great on base guy or the good on base guy who gives you a high quality at bat. And from the right side, you know, you're going to get that from Chuck. And on the right side, for me, it's Connor Joe. I think Connor Joe at bat to at bat. I know it's a smaller sample size, some injuries last year, his first time really establishing himself as a big leaguer. But I've talked to Buddy about this and, and just with my own eyes. He does not give away at bats. It doesn't matter if the Rockies are plus five or minus five late in the game. Uh, he gives you a high quality at bat. If you don't throw him strikes, he's going to walk. He's had a great spring, not a good spring. He's had a great spring. He will be at the top of the lineup on occasion when Charlie gets a day, you know, good left-hander, and he's going to be in the lineup somewhere else a, a good percentage of the time. I, I was discussing this kind of yesterday uh, with Buddy about, you know, in, in perfect scenarios, of which there is no perfect scenarios, right? Uh, stuff happens in baseball, whether it's injury or performance. But, you know, how many at-bats would you like to get Sam Hilliard? You know, performance dictates a lot of that. Health, performance of other guys. Connor Joe, same thing. These guys are in line to get significant at-bats. I mean, 400-plus, I think, for both of those guys at, at a minimum. And, and then it comes back to something we were discussing with the addition of Bryant, with the 
trade of Rymel for Gritchick, you you have more depth. You have more legitimate depth um, in the uh, you know in the organization from a from a major league position player standpoint. So um, I, I I think there's versatility as we talked about defensively, and there's lineup versatility as well, Patrick. That's probably one of the biggest things that has gone overlooked in all these trades and signing is just how good the bench is. Because as you said, okay, maybe you lose 20 home runs from the shortstop position going from story to Iglesias. And then, all right, maybe you're going to gain 20 home runs to go from Bryant uh, from what you had in Tapia and all that stuff. But when you look at the bench, I think you're going to make up a lot of difference in that as well. And with players like Connor Joe, like you said, you want to get them 400, 450 at bats. The, the bench is just a lot stronger. And for Joe, it's a great spring he's having, as you said, now he's, you know, he's a lot more comfortable over there at first base. And so CJ Crone's another year older. You got to hope that he's still able to do what he you know did last season. But now if Crone needs a day off or you want to put him in at DH, now you've, you've got Joe at first base. I think they're not going to have any issue putting the best lineup in, the only issue is, and, and I don't think it will be much of one because they're so flexible, is now where do we put people defensively? You just say, what's the best lineup? Okay, well, now Joe's going to play left field today, and Brian's the DH. Or we got to put Blackman out in right field, and Crone's going to be the DH, and Joe's at first base. So, man, they, they just have so much more flexibility and such a better bench than last year that that in and of itself can add at least maybe two more wins to the ledger by the time you, you get to that first week in October. Well, they're going to need a lot more than two more wins if they hope to, you know, flirt with contention, even with the additional wild card. They won 74 games. They need to make it. They they need to make a a 10 game jump to be in the conversation the latter part of September. Right. You're getting two. You're getting two wins from the bench is really what I was. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. But but you're right. Yes. They they, overall they need more than that. But the bench, at least in and of itself, is going to win you two more games than what you had last year. Okay. You know, and when you start trying to do that math equation, uh, the bullpen hopefully is, is much better. Is it, you know, two to four wins there? I, we don't know. I mean, they, we right. could say, Hey, they have to be better. Therefore they will be better. But you got to go out and perform. Um, they need good health in the rotation. All the things you say this time of year, doesn't change. No, for sure. One thing I, I wanted to get to later, but it does kind of tie in with the conversation is some of the new rules that have come out. You know, we signed the CBA, we've got all these new rules, and then a week later, okay, now we've got new rules for the new rules. So the California tiebreaker, hey, no, we're actually bringing it back. But the thing I want to mention is 26-man roster for the month of April is going to be 28, and there's not going to be a limit on the amount of pitchers. And because again, the health of the starting rotation and all pitchers is going to be paramount here in the early going. And Rocky's depth is, is a little bit better on the, on the pitching side. I think we've seen with everyone being uh, another year older, but you might just see a four man bench for the Rockies, which does allow you a lot more at bats where you can see someone like Joe and Hilliard get your 400 at bats. Daza will, you know, most likely be on the bench. Now Garrett Hampson, along with Dom Nunez. So if you carry a four player bench, does allow you 15 pitchers and it, it does get those guys in the lineup all that much more. And now you don't really need that pinch hitter late in the game because you got the DH already. Well, the Rockies for, for several years now have carried a four man bench sure. when it was true national league baseball, where the pitcher was hitting. Now with the DH, there's, there's no reason to have any more than four. 
there's no reason right. at all. And and we know how taxing it can be to pitch at, at, at altitude, et cetera. We won't go down that street. So yeah, the Rockies will, will always have the extra arm. And again, there's no need with the DH because you're not going to pinch hit frequently unless you do a left, right type of thing, or maybe, you know, a guy on the bench who has some thump, you know, Charlie gets a day off. We want Charlie to take this at bat. CJ Crone takes, gets a day off. So we roll him out there in the ninth inning, something like that. But otherwise there's no need for it. Ty Block has been one of the new starting pitchers. We'll put quotes around that because it does seem as if quite possibly Chad Cool, who was brought in really to be the fifth starter, uh, you know, Black is, has been starting games, but he said from the get-go, you know, that he'll that block block will be one of those guys uh in, in contention for the long relief role along with Ashton Godot. I love the signing back when it was made in the offseason, and you could only sign minor league guys. I thought that was just such a perfect fit. And with the eye on protecting those fifth starter guys and Lambert and Rollison, who they may be there. They may get, you know, between the two of them, they may end up getting 20 plus starts. But to start the season, you got to protect them a little bit. And so Block and Cool will do that. Cool only had the one start. Block has had two. I don't know if you like what you've seen out of those guys so far. Well, here's here's the thing about Chad Cool. Chad Cool has been a major league pitcher for a while. He's a fifth starter. Let's not pretend that you know somehow he he's a masquerading this first part of his career as a number five, but he's a really th- number three. He's not, but he's smart. He knows he has to hit spots and, and locations and will keep you in a game, hopefully a couple times through a lineup. That's what you hope from a number five starter. And he's got experience in that regard. Ty Block has experience. Um, you need 10. I always look at it that way. You knock on wood that uh, your, your big four will be able to make 30 plus starts each. If, if you're able to do that, that's awesome because that means you had good health. And now you're running out the strength of your team with Herman and, and Senza and Freeland and Gomber, who threw the ball well yesterday. But beyond that, you need guys who can keep you in games, and they may not be the sexiest guy in the world. They may not have the ceiling of a, of a Herman or maybe even a Senza or a Kyle Freeland. But if they can you know, take the baseball and when they depart – you know, the Rockies are up, you know, four to three after two times through the lineup. Uh, and that sort of ideology with those guys and guys that have done it before. And that's why it's nice, as you mentioned, to have a guy like Ty Block, uh, Chad Cool, and then a couple of the younger guys. Lam- Lambert's really young. He's coming off Tommy John, as we know. Rollison has had a myriad of injuries. He needs to get experience at AAA. That's where that's going to going to start so that's nine and you could go ryan feltner i mean ryan no, feltner. maybe you stretch I'm out i'm glad you mentioned ryan feltner ryan feltner you know performed i thought he showed he showed a pretty good arm last year when he came up and i can't remember if it was one or two starts but don't sleep on was it two you would know um patrick i i think don't sleep on ryan feltner i, I think the organization likes ryan feltner and and thinks that he can be a swing guy and maybe he makes the club now with 28 in April and works with Goudeau out of the bullpen long. And maybe you, if it gets really hairy early in the season where you want to use a sixth starter because pitchers really aren't truly stretched out, 
due to the brevity of spring training. Don't sleep on Ryan Feltner. Yeah, he's a good one. I mean, down in double-A, Noah Davis on the 40-man is another one of those guys. And again, I, I like the the minor league invites, guys like Zach Lee, Dylan Overton. So you, you just never know if you're going to need those guys. Better to have them than to not have them. Right. We like to say. Yeah. Better have better have some light shade. You better go down to Colorado's premier dispensary and load up on some of those Wana Optimals fast asleep gummies. It's going to leave you feeling very rested and refreshed in the morning because it contains 10 milligrams of CBD and just a hint of THC. That's going to get your eyelids feeling heavy in just five to 15 minutes. And in zero minutes, you can order Wana Optimals fast asleep gummies right now at lightshade.com and get 25% off with code. DNVR. You can use code DNVR, in fact, at any of Lightshade's 10, soon to be 11, Denver Metro area locations. Feel great. You're going to feel great at altitude, which is something that, look, we know can be a challenge for guys, especially some of these new guys on the roster. They're going to have to figure that out pretty quickly, uh, how to make sure to, to get that hydration, make sure they're getting their rest, everything. All, all of those little angles are going to be huge and players know that you know if, as long i don't even think you need to have played a game at coors field let alone be on the rockies roster to know that you need to hydrate i can remember last year uh, at the all-star game uh an interview that i did with chris bassett uh, now of the new york mets got deleted somehow unfortunately and he had a great quote when he said that one of the tricks to, to playing at altitude is drink less beer drink more water and I thought, you know what? That's a, that's a great uh, it's a great suggestion. And it's like not Chris as Bassett. Fun. No, it's not. It's not. But you know what? That's why Chris Bassett is one of the best at at what he does. I'd say. Uh, some of the other new faces, you know, Alex Colomay, I think, is a sneaky good signing that they made for a guy, you know, to be the closer. Bottom line, a buddy hasn't said it exactly, hasn't given that to him. But in a spot where you've got two guys that you feel okay with. You know, that have proven themselves in Daniel Bard and uh, Carlos Estevez. That's good. They, they've proven themselves they could do it. But now you have a guy that, for whatever reason, he's got that it factor. 155 saves in the last six years, fourth most in all of baseball. And he's bouncing around from team to team. He's a mercenary in that way, but he could be precisely what the bullpen needs to shore up that ninth inning. And as I said, I think it's a sneaky good signing. I think it's a really good signing. Typically, the Rockies struggle to to get pitching. We know they spent a lot of money on some bullpen arms. It worked initially, and and then it, you know, it wasn't as good. Wade had the very you know good first year. Even go back to Greg Holland turned out to be a right a nice one year sign when Greg Holland, I believe, was an All Star in a Rockies uniform. But it, it's been hard to sustain it. Uh, you you want a lot of options late in games because. You know, even the good ones are going to ride a roller coaster a little bit. Colomay has done it for a while. He's going to have a slow heartbeat. I, I don't know if he's always going to get the ball in the ninth inning. I don't even know if he's going to get the ball initially in the ninth inning. It's all speculative right now. But you have options uh, to take care of. It used to be the seven, eight, nine. I look at it as the sixth through the ninth now. And Estevez, Bard, we talked about. You mentioned that. Colomay in the mix now. Robert Stevenson, you know, big arm, can spin the baseball. The arm suggests that he can protect leads. Tyler Kinley, good the last six, eight weeks of the season, kind of a violent delivery, but a really good slider. He relies on that 
heavily, tough guy, you know, another guy that, that can help protect leads. Lucas Gilbreth, second half of the year was just outstanding. One of the really one of the best left-handers in the National League uh, last year in the second half of the season. So there, there's not like, oh man, we have two options to go protect the lead. That doesn't mean that that guys aren't going to have some rough patches and a rough week or ten days. They all typically do, especially when you call Coors Field home. But there's more options for Buddy. And what you hope happens is some of the guys that were just okay last year or maybe even had a rough ride, they bounce back because, as is so often uttered in baseball, bullpen arms, other than the truly elite ones, typically good year, so-so year, good year, so-so year. It's kind of they ride that that roller coaster uh, individually in terms of performance. And because the back half of the bullpen is so young and they've got so many of those guys, it does allow them to, you know, shuttle players back and forth a little bit from Albuquerque. Now you do only have five options, but that's a very reasonable number. So you, you can play around with the final two, three roster spots uh, in the pen, whether it's Ben Bowden, Julian Fernandez, you know, Lucas Gilbreth, you got to think he's definitely one that's going to stick he's around. A, he's a lock. He's you definitely know, a lock. Oh, I, I, I just mean with re- regression, you never know. He could need that. Yeah, that well, spell, that's right. Hope. You don't know what's going to happen. He's a young guy. I'll give you another guy that we that I didn't mention, and I'm and I'm uh, remiss in not mentioning him, and that's Jordan Sheffield. Yes, and sir. I know he missed a lot of time with the with the lat injury last year. This is a big arm who's and a kid who's not afraid, not afraid. And when he was healthy, threw the ball really well, really shrewd. Uh, we didn't have the Rule 5 uh, draft this year, unfortunately. So um, baseball nerds like us can pay attention to it. But he was a Rule 5 selection, and, and I think it's going to turn out to be a really savvy move by, by the Rockies more than a year ago. And you also like, you know, to add a little insult to injury, he was a former Los Angeles Dodgers, so that's always nice too. Yeah, well, with the Dodgers, they have so much talent. They can, you know, expose guys that would probably be in the big leagues on a lot of other teams. Very true. Justin Lawrence, another one of those names. And there's guys that aren't on the 40-man roster right now that if you go back and look at what their numbers were in Albuquerque, you, you might be surprised to see, especially knowing that the league ERA is like, 5.30, something like that, that there were guys that had a four or a sub four ERA for the isotopes that, you know, could be a dude. Nate Greep is one of those players who got a major league invite, just recently got sent down. Jake Bird was fantastic. Chad Smith, who had come over a couple seasons ago for Jesus Tinoco. Logan Cozart, Logan Cozart has been around the organization for a while. And Reagan Todd, a player from, you know, right here in the, the Denver area, was doing some good things. And he's a left-hander, so he definitely could be someone that we see at some point. Now, maybe that's because some things go wrong for some of the players that are already on the 40-man, or maybe that's because what they're doing is exactly right and can help the big league club. Either way, the depth on the bench for the Rockies and the depth in the minors now here in the bullpen area is really strong for them. We know that. You can't have too much talent. No team go up. We got too much talent. What do we do? We have too much. Even the Dodgers. You can't have enough. People get hurt. Uh, You know, guys, guys' performance lags and you need somebody to pick up the slack jake bird who you mentioned had a three and a half era in albuquerque last year his former fifth round pick out of ucla he came in yesterday with a little bit of traffic and got a big punch out and i was impressed yep this is a guy who knows that that could help the rockies at some point 
you have a three and a half ERA. We were kidding about this, Corey Sullivan and I yesterday on the air. We were kidding about you have a three and a half ERA in Albuquerque in the PCL. That's like having like a you know a Bob Gibson a one twelve. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And I thought he did a nice job yesterday. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Reagan Todd, I'm a big fan of. I've known Reagan for a long time. A Regis Jesuit product. Great kid. Good arm. Finally healthy. So who knows? Maybe he emerges on the left side at some point this year. Those are two guys, and maybe a little bit less so Nate Greep, but those two guys in Todd and Bird very well could have been Rule 5 candidates for another team, right? there Because they, they were eligible for it. We saw them in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, didn't get protected, nevertheless, but they, they certainly could have been uh, out there for someone else who saw what they did. So, you know, they, they could really factor in this year for the Rockies. And you, you just never know, especially because, and we haven't really talked about this, we're going to get 162 games in, but we're going to do it in about four or five less days. It's going to be, you know, compressed. Actually, is it more than that? It might be. It feels like it's going to be really compressed because you're going to have all those double hitters going on as well. We, we all keep our fingers crossed and, and you zoom ahead. You mentioned how congested the season how is going to be in the double headers. How crazy would it be if the Rockies and we and again, we we hope, excuse me, we hope this is the case. The Rockies are in contention the last week of the season <laughs> and they got to go play six in L.A. Not the best place you know, to go when you when you got to come up with wins. But it will be must-see television, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that's the only matchup that you've got all six in the same spot. I think there's a couple, you know, home and aways. You know, I think maybe Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. But again, that's one of those relegation battles. So uh, I don't think there could be anything on the line for those two teams. So, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. Does that does that change your your picks on, you know, when we, we did uh, best road trips? Are, are you going to want six days in Los Angeles? Does that shoot up to the top of your list now? Well, I will say that I've, I've always liked California and we, I'll, I'll let you behind the curtain a little bit. And, and the Rockies for years and years stayed at the old Century Plaza, which is right on the border of Beverly Hills, which may, it's a great area, great shopping area. You know, just like yourself, I'm a runner. So I'd run through, you know, Beverly Hills and, and up Rodeo into the hills, uh, you know, to Laurel Canyon and, and that direction. So I look a lot of times at where, where are my runs from the hotel? We stayed there forever and ever. And then they moved for about two years to Pasadena because it was only about 20 minutes to Dodger Stadium as opposed to really an hour with traffic going across Olympic Boulevard. You want to stay off the tenant late in the afternoon. Um, and then they moved downtown. And we've been downtown for, oh, probably the last... Five, time flies, five years or something like that. They've moved back into the Beverly Hills area. And I, again, I don't mind the longer drive. Yeah, it was nice to be able to, you know, jump on the, on, on the uh, you know, jump or drive through downtown and really be at Dodger Stadium almost immediately off of Sunset. But um, I like where they are. So long-winded story to tell you that um, I, I have no problem spending a week in, in L.A. and Dodger Stadium is a, is a great venue. There's going to be 48 plus thousand people there. There's going to be, uh, you know, there's always great weather. So I have no problem spending a week there. We also spent a week, as you know, we talked about this in Chicago, which will be fun. In this, you know, being in Chicago for a week, Cubs, White Sox, couple off days. That'll be a good week. 
Yeah, it, it's going to be great, you know, for you guys to get back out on the road and do that. And for Rockies fans to feel a lot more comfortable in in traveling with the team and, and you know, seeing them out on the road. There's there's one where they're in Miami and then they're in Minneapolis, you know, two totally different places, yeah. but interesting trips. Yeah. And, and Patrick, I, you know this because you're you're around the club for us. And it's not just saying that, oh, what, you know, it's great. I, you know, you're staying in a, in a nice hotel in a in a in a great city to do our jobs properly, as I've articulated a number of times in individual conversations, I've done it on my own podcast, and I've done it certainly with you, for us to do our job right, and to give the fans the proper information, uh, fresh anecdotes, a feel for their club, the Rockies, and also the opposition, you have to be there as a broadcaster, you have to be there as a broadcast team, not just the the Shmohulis who who talk on the air, me and Spilly and Huey and Corey and Jenny and and Mark and and uh, you know you're going to be introduced to a newest member of our uh, of our team pretty soon. So uh, Kelsey Wingert. But my point is, our whole team, producers, directors, we're going to do a much better job in presenting uh, the team to people in their living rooms and their dens by being there. And, and that's the most important element of it. Yeah. I, I know exactly what that's like, obviously being down in Scottsdale for those 10 days covering spring training. And, you know, obviously there was still so much happening and the, the roster was changing every day. And so there was all of that to cover and you say, ah, I haven't got a chance to go out and grab a good, nice bite to eat anywhere or, or go for that morning run to get a cup of coffee. I was able to do it one day on one of my last days and it was nice, but at the same time you go, I'm, I'm here for baseball. I'm, I'm here to, to do a job and, and a great job at that. So you're right. You might not be able to, to get to enjoy it quite as much and you got to take it all in on a, on a little jog. And uh, we're, we're always thankful for that for sure. Well, I, as I said a moment ago, I, I get excited by, you know, where I run and different hotels that we, we stay in. So, um, you know, and, and also where I can grab a, a bite to eat and a, and a cold one after the game, you know, you have certain particular favorites, but the day starts, right. It starts with a run. So there's, there's definitely uh, some favorites around the league. It's going to be strange, Patrick. I've gotten this question a lot. It's been since 2019. I got to remember how to, um, you know, how to do an expense report again. And uh, <laughs> I got to, I got to remember uh, how to properly pack for, you know, days on end. I actually never unpack. Once the season starts, I never truly unpack other than dirty laundry. But um, it's been since it's been, you know, it's been 2019 now. Yeah. We, we've got to go back in the clubhouse for the first time since the pandemic. Uh, you, you'd have been proud of me. I was the first one I came in, di- didn't, didn't realize it. And, Corey, one of the PR people, go, hey, you're you're number one. I said, all right, there we go. I like it. I knew. I would I, if I could have bet on that, and you can bet on anything. <laughs> I would have bet on Lions being number one. Do what I can. I do what yeah. I can. And hey, so let's talk about some of these new rules. I don't know if you had a chance to talk about it. There's one that's really interesting, but also it really only impacts one person on this entire planet. Maybe but, two. Maybe two. Go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. I th- we're on the same page. We're we're linked up. But the California tiebreaker is back, which you and I were, were both in favor of, and I'm not really sure why people are upset by it. The thing that is a, that's worth getting upset about is the phrase ghost runner. That's ridiculous. There's no ghost involved. There is a runner on second base. Dumb term. 
that's a dumb term. So I'm going to pitch this to you, and I, I've gotten this elsewhere, and they're effectively wild. The people over at Fangraphs, they do an amazing job. They've got two names. I, I don't know which one you're going to like more, but one, the Zombie Runner, which I think makes sense, right? Because he died. He made the last out in the previous inning, and yet he goes back out onto second base. Zombie Runner. Zombie runners, Zombie Runner, I, I think, is kind of makes you chuckle, and, and it has some accuracy in its description a whole so. lot better than the ghost runner i think and the other one which i'm not sure if you're a big british invasion fan but it makes sense on multiple levels since rob manfred was the one who came up with this but you can call the runner on second base the manfred man <laughs> the manfred yeah manfred man famous for uh, the light, uh, help me out. The, um, through the, I'm, I'm, I'm humming the through song. The looking glass. I only know Dua Diddy and the mighty Quinn, I think. Yeah. But they, Manfred man also did. It may have been a cover of. Okay. Oh, I'll think of it. Anyhow. I, of those three choices, I'll go with the zombie runner. There you go. And again, full credit to, uh, Ben Lindbergh and, and Meg, Meg Rowley over there at Effectively Wild because it, it's a heated debate amongst uh, the baseball nerds. And so I feel like it's important. You know, you can either go with the ghost runner thing, which makes no sense, or you can kind of get on the, the zombie runner train and, and you know, maybe, maybe that works for you. Well, I'm just glad it's here. I like it. I really do. And I hope, it, I hope it's here beyond 2022. I, I won't go on and on about it. I've done it with you and I've done it on my own show. So uh, I hope that's something that that sticks around. When you again, when you talk about time of game, health of pitchers, it just makes sense during the 162 game regular season. Do that. It does allow for a lot more strategy. It, it I think it's interesting. It's compelling. Uh, it's exciting. And then in the postseason, you just you know we play baseball per normal. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then we had the Buster Posey rule, but that impacted every catcher. Whereas this rule. I think it really only impacts one. So I got to hear who your second guy is, but the Shohei Otani rule where it sounds strange. It sounds foreign, but you know what? Why not? When the pitcher leaves the game and if your pitcher is hitting, they can stay in the game as a DH. So you get Shohei Otani, you know, throwing seven innings uh, and you know, it's, it's early in the season in April. Maybe it's his first start on opening day. He's got to come out. Well, he can stay in the game as the DH Shohei Otani rule. I love it. Why not? This was the all-time no-brainer. Yep. You're talking about the biggest star and the most unique player maybe in 100-plus years to when Babe Ruth did both for the Red Sox. But this guy's going to do it, you, you would think, for a long period, much longer period of time than Ruth did. Ruth just became a position player when he moved on to the Yankees. This is a guy that that should be at the top of the marquee, you know, with the Fernando Tatises and the Mike Trouts as baseball tries to market this game properly and it's big stars and it's exciting players. So really, Otani was going to leave the game and then you you lost him offensively. This was a no-brainer. I, I give you another individual that potentially could be utilized as a – D.H. Pitcher. M.L.? Same team as Otani now. M.L.? Michael Lorenzen? Michael Lorenzen. There you go. Michael Lorenzen. 
I, I was thinking maybe you're going to say no Syndergaard, but I was like, nah, you're not going to do no, that. No, no. I mean, th- th- listen, <laughs> there's guys that like to swing the bat. Sure. Um, Garner, Herman Marcus, we know he likes to swing the bat. And by starting pitcher standards, pretty good, right? Yeah. But still, most starting pitchers, even the good ones, if they were to go take three, 400 at bats, it would get the numbers would not be pretty. So Michael Lorenzen, he can legit swing it and impact the baseball. I, I don't know if there's a situation where Joe Madden may want to utilize him. Maybe they get thin and, and Lorenzen makes a spot start and they have some injuries and they're like, no, you know what? Lorenzen's going to be the DH also. That's it, that's not far-fetched at least. That would be fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you, yeah, you certainly wouldn't do it to, with Marquez, but again, unless you got a shallow bench and you're just giving guys days off, you never know. It'll, it won't happen with the Rockies. I can't imagine how many places it would happen. Michael Lorenzen, sure. going back to his Cal State Fullerton days, was an All-American on the mound. He was also an All-American as a position player. And, you know, he he's, you know, been a, a pinch hitter on a number of occasions in his Cincinnati Red days. So if, if we're going to change the rules for Otani, and I haven't really given this much thought, so let's just throw it out there and let's see what, what we can do with it. Shouldn't there be other rule changes possibly for marquee players? I don't know what they would be, but if you've got, you know, whoever the best player is, best two or three players are in the game, maybe you should look to say, all right, well, what would be a rule that would benefit this player? And maybe it's maybe it could even just be something like marketing. Maybe it's even just, all right, you know what? If you want to go out there and have a stylized bat you know we've seen bryce harper take batting practice with a bat that looks like the philly fanatic all right whatever you know people will be interested in something as silly as that so let's let's open up the ideas and say whoever the best players are if they want to kind of do something and and tweak whatever it may be do it for them and and yes it, it opens the door for everyone else to take advantage of it as well why not i i i go back to that old line about there are no bad ideas (laughs) And if, you know, you dismiss certain ideas pretty quickly, but sure. Baseball's in a position right now where they have to be innovative. Uh, They can't get, I had somebody tweet at me yesterday. uh, Yeah. Some traditionalist when we were talking about pitchers hitting and, and, you know, I didn't even respond, but you know, they're killing the integrity of the game. Pitchers (laughs) not hitting. No, they're not. You have to evolve. You have to move forward. I tried to I tried to look up again so I knew the exact slash line. You probably have it. Starting pitchers, it, it, each slash line began with a one. Yeah. Batting average clearly, on base percentage pretty clearly, and even the slugging percentage I don't think was over two. So come on, that's good. That's that's exciting. And of course, and and the 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 argument would be yeah, but there's this strategy involved. Dot dot dot. Well, wow. again. If you, if with the California tiebreaker, well, no, I, 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 there is obviously there is that, that strategy. Okay, fine. But if you have the California tiebreaker with the runner on second base, guess what? That's a different type of strategy. It might not be the strategy that you want. It might not be the rules that you want, but there's still strategy in it. So it's not as if, you know, we're playing a game of chess and you say, okay, actually nobody, you can't move the pawns anymore. No, the pawns are just going to move differently. And now how can you adapt to that? It's still the same general game. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I always, when I would go to the ballpark, I would just say a little silent prayer that we could have a, a, a double switch or two in the game. I mean, I'm, I'm going to long for double switches. I, I just, what an exciting moment in the game. 
And how many years did you stay away when, when Ron Bloomberg went in there, it was the first DH for the Yankees. I mean, you abstained from baseball for what, two decades, I think before you went back to the ballpark because it was so detrimental to the game, I think. Right. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So we move on, we move on and, and we've got a, we've got a baseball season and April 8th, man, can you believe it's right around the corner now? Less than two weeks. Yeah, um, I said that, I think, on the air yesterday. I was like, wow, it's Saturday. The Rockies open in 13 days. Now they open in 12 days. It's been, I hate using this term because it reminds me of that 60-game 2020 season in the middle of COVID. We talked about it. It's on a marathon. It's a sprint. Well, spring training has been a sprint to get ready. A lot of players, position players, probably getting some extra ABs on backfields facing minor league guys so they're seeing live pitching uh, more frequently than just getting 25 30 at bats in in what's the spring training a game schedule they'll be ready they'll be ready pitchers will be a little bit behind but it's awesome that we're going to have 162 it's so exciting to just talk about baseball and not the the lockout and kicking around the issues that everyone was fighting about it's just awesome. And uh, I was down in Scottsdale all last week. I'm, I scooted home just for a couple of days. You were down there, Patrick. Weather's awesome. It is my favorite time of year. I love the season. I enjoy the season. But other than guys that are grinding to make a team, of which there are many, guys are relaxed. Batting average doesn't matter. Record doesn't matter. Weather's gorgeous. Scottsdale is such a great place, great places to eat. It's just, it's, I always say it every year. I love that time of year. And I can't wait to get back down there in in 48 hours and, and uh, finish out spring training. We have, uh, I think we have five more games. I think we'll do five of the final seven or something like that uh, from, from Salt River Field. So it'll, it'll be great. And uh, you know, there's some optimism. As opposed to, as a, as opposed to doom and gloom, which had surrounded the, this club certainly at the same point last year. Yeah, no, it's it's. I think for every fan, there's probably a different balance of optimism and excitement. Maybe for some, there's more excitement than optimism. Others, maybe more optimism than excitement. Whatever it is, but I think you've got a little bit of both. And with there being an expanded postseason, you just you just never know. Like get get to July with a with a winning record. And then Bill Schmidt can work a little bit more of that magic and, and, and help the roster out maybe wherever it needs. And, and Bill has a really good sense of where the Rockies are short. And it's not about, you know, throwing lines out there so the public can consume something and say, oh, yeah, the Rockies. He knows where they're short. He knows this is this is not the Dodger, you know, 26-man roster that's going to break camp. He, but it's improved, and if some things fall right, they can contend. There's definitely a belief in that clubhouse there, but uh, that's why I like what, what Billy's done. I mean, his eyes are wide open, and and he has a real good feel for where the Rockies need to get better, and and you know then you plot and plan and say, okay, how can we improve that roster? And uh, that you know, for me, that that's exciting. Very exciting. Make sure you check out last week's edition of the Drew Goodman podcast with Ryan McMahon, still only a couple days old. Yeah, you did it on the field too. And so you could hear spring training. You could hear those, you know, brewers, blackbirds and and boat tail grackles kind of chirping in the background. 
it's it really will transport you. And again, just hearing McMahon, how excited he is to be around here for another six years. And then this Thursday is going to be make sure you download and, and subscribe to that one. It's going to be a great one with Chris Bryan. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, and the same thing because the one with Chris, we went to uh, one of the fields, and you know, after guys are working out on it, as you know, they're they're cutting the grass. And I mentioned that yesterday or, or last week to uh, my engineer editor who does such a great job, Mark Andrews, and and he told me after he goes, I loved it, kind of like what you said, Patrick, because it it did take you. You felt like, hey, you're at spring training as opposed to, uh, you know, doing it in a studio and it's a more sterile environment. And so the Bryant one is the same way with, um, you know, that this week's with uh, with with Mac. And I think Mac, you, you listened to it. I mean, Mac was refreshing. I mean, he's such a likable guy. And Chris Bryant is a really likable guy as well. And I think you'll get to know him better when you when you get a chance to listen next week. Gotta gotta love some sparkles, right? Those those eyes, those baby blues, man. That's his nickname, Sparkles. You know, you know why. Yeah, you know why, Drew. So uh, I don't know if you look that deeply or not, but you're you're a professional. I, I think you can get past that. So Drew Goodman podcast every Thursday. Follow him on Twitter at Drew Goodman forty two and listen to him on AT and T Sportsnet. It's his time to shine now. We got a few more games. I think Tuesday is the next one. So make sure you're listening into that. On Twitter, we're over at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. It's been another fun one. Yeah, enjoyed your show with Kev the other day, by the way, also. That was fun. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're trying to do it over here. We're getting pumped. It's going to be another great season, even better than ever before with DNVR Rockies. Now only 50 cents for your first month at the DNVR.com. So it's been great. It's been fun. But like they say with momentum, it's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you then.